Okay, welcome to episode 54 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Show. My name is Tony Esman, co-publisher at Tribute Press, and with me is our returning uh, guest host. Um, he's from the That Comic Smell podcast, as well as being a comic creator in his own uh, own right, and he's uh, the Lord of Dundee. It's uh, Dave Robertson. How are you doing, Dave? Very well, Tony. Thank you very much. <laughs> you... you uh... You disappeared out of my earphones there, and all I heard was David Robertson, and then something, <laughs> and then Lord of Dundee. I there thought, you go. Okay, that's, that's all yep, you need, that's babes. Me. That's all you need. Yep. Yeah. Um, That'll do. Yeah, we're we're back in lockdown, aren't we? So all we're doing is reading comics and podcasting. That's how it works, I think. Pretty yep. good. Now, you you um, gave me a challenge this week, one that I very much enjoyed. So did you want to tell us who we're going to be talking about this week? Yeah, we're going to talk about Mary Fleener. Excellent. Uh, self-described as a culturally challenged cartooning misfit who happens to have a uterus, which I thought was quite a good little quote of hers, from the magazine Twisted Sisters, which is the one I sent you the, the cover from just the other day. Um, yeah. Where did you, uh, where did you first, cause unusually for what we talk about here, I, I think probably Mary is probably the least known of the comics we so far have covered, I'm going to say, certainly from a UK perspective. And she's somebody that you can't, readily find the books for she's not you know there's no sort of always in in print kind of book by mary really apart from a recent one where did you first come across it dude yeah i knew you were going to ask me that so i was thinking about it yeah and i honestly can't remember <laughs> so so it must have been part of that whole uh 1990s looking for any interest in looking comic that i could get my hands on yeah uh and uh i've just um come across her art and thought, wow, that looks really interesting, you know, and, and different. Yeah. And she's very much uh, affiliated, at least, with that whole sort of American 90s in alternative. Yeah, black and white in the most comic. part. Yeah. 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 So I guess it was pretty natural I was going to come across her because I like all that stuff. Yeah, you're fond of the sort of alternative, underground sort of comic scene, aren't you? You know, we talked about... Peter Peter Bag on a previous one and that sort of thing. Yeah, I can see him bit, her being right up your street, man. Yeah, um, yeah. She, for me, she was someone I was aware of, and I'd seen the odd thing. Used to see the odd thing from her in maybe Weirdo magazine or something like that. I know Fantagraphics put out a big anthology of creators, and I think I'd seen her in there. Um, and I was aware of her style, um, her art style, which is very individual. I'm sure we will get onto it. But I was sat at a table um, with our last guest, actually, with Finger Bob Fingerman. And a lady came over, and I realised it was Mary Fleener. Um, and she sat down and had and had a proper good gossip. She's great company. Um, and then I had a photograph with her, which I sent you, which I'm quite proud yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. And then I was wondering about that in the hotel complex with Nick Brokenshire and um, just sort of chatting, getting ready for a panel that he was involved in. And um, she came over and just started chatting. And we had, we had a great chat with her. And she was sort of showing us her new sunglasses and, you know, chatting about her new books and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, this is someone who was in Weirdo magazine. This is the best <laughs> thing ever. You know, I'm just having a, a chat over coffee, you know, with, with Nick and her. It was just uh, just great. I mean, that was I still say that was one of the best festivals I ever went to. But, yeah, there was no, no attendees and loads of guests, which is always the ideal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it was good. So let's talk a little bit about Mary. We, 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 we're going to we're going to delve into her work in a minute. So Mary, she was born in um, 1951, and has lived most of her life in California. To me, I don't know what you think, Dave, but she looks like someone who's straight out of the Andy Warhol scene. You know, out of an Andy Warhol movie or something like that. She's got that oh. cool look mm -hmm. about her. You know, she could have played drums in the the Velvet Underground or something. You know, that's yeah, how I, yeah. I sort of see her. Um, 
she's married to a musician and she herself is also a musician um uh, she's married to paul Theriot. um she's um has an extremely individual style that shifts it, it evolves in front of you explodes in front of you but part of it she refers to it as cubismo um Growing up, I was listening to an interview to her, to, uh, watching an interview YouTube interview with her today, and she grew up. Uh, I think one of her parents worked at Disney, and she would go in and use all the art supplies and stuff like that. She ended up studying printmaking, as you, I think you did back in the sort of the hippie days at Cal State, but dropped out. Um, but whilst I think one well, maybe at high school, one of her first comics was a poster she did for the ecology an ecology talk she said she said i've never heard that term and he says we're doing ecology so that was the cool thing um she then read um she was pointed towards an article written by the simpsons creator matt groening before before that we saw the simpsons in 1984 in la weekly and it inspired her to read to create her first comic book uh, which she apparently went away and started creating straight away and she re- refers to it as turning of a cosmic wheel which i thought was quite a good Got a good little term, a phrase. Um, criminally, there's not enough of her out there. There's not enough to find. You do have to know a little bit about her to find her work, because a lot of her work appears in anthologies and stuff like that. Um, and in 2019, she received an Inkpot Award at San Diego. Um, I know what what sort of comics and magazines were you reading her in, Dave? Well, I got her slot burger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, you know, you you see that title, Slot Burger, and uh, well, I have to see what that's about. Yeah, I've got and that. that artwork on the front uh, and that title. Yeah, I just had to try it. Yeah, I've got that in front of me. I got the um, which which issue, issue five in front of me, and it was kind yeah. of sort of semi autobiographical, wasn't it? It was. Um, that's right. Yeah. If not Some about of the her. Stories were, yeah. Yeah. If not about her, it was certainly um about the scene that she was involved in. Um, yeah. She she yeah she describes it as semi autobiographical, um, and the interiors are all in black and white. But the cover, did you want to talk about the cover, the cover work she did? Because it's it is cubist in a way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. You do look at it and go, oh, uh, you know, Picasso or something. Yeah, you can't you can't help but think that. Yeah, and and I think at first maybe I even thought oh, it's just somebody doing Picasso, you know. Yeah, I could have even maybe been a an off-booting thing but then once i read through it i thought no this is great and because there's actually some similarity to peter Berg that you mentioned yeah because sometimes the characters will get really animated and angry and that's yeah. when their features really start becoming all cubismo that is true man uh, so in the way that um we talked about with bag where he just like it's just super over exaggeration of features um, and the, the the almost like a warp spasm, but an indie comics warp spasm, isn't it? In front of you, she does That's the same right. thing, but she kind of transforms into a a, cu- a you know a piece of cubist art because she's sort of shouting or screaming or shouting tequila, which is one of my favourite scenes in one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know and, what you mean and, exactly. And when they start, if two characters start having sex, they'll they'll start becoming just a, a jumbled mass of shapes and yeah. Electric electricity almost coming off the picture until they calm down again, yeah. and they're more like a cartoon characters again. Yeah, she moves. She, there's a, a sort of bedshaw kind of effect to you know you could her her more sort of average not average her more sort of everyday panels are 
I suppose you could put them in the same magazine easily as the Hernandez brothers or something like that, couldn't you? Yeah, got... actually, yeah, that's right. The black yeah. and white is quite like them. Yeah, it's a nice line to it. And then there's almost two sides to art because it then begins to morph and transform in front of you. And I just that's that's for me, which what makes her special for me. I think that's where yeah. I really go with it. You know, yeah. I was looking at some of her influences. She quotes. She quotes, and um, she says the Cubists. Um, she says Chester Gould as well. Did Dick Tracy. Um, and there's no um, there's no ignoring the fact that um, Crumb is a Crumb is an influence, I think, to me a little mm-hmm. bit as well. Do you see that at all, or um, maybe in terms of the the type of storytelling? Yeah, not shying away from showing the the rougher side of yourself. Yeah, that's. that's Do you think it's in the art as well, or there's um there's a casualness to the line occasionally. There's um mm-hmm. there's she's not as uptight as crumb is to me maybe um but certainly in i i actually genuinely think she's a cooler female version of crumb as the way i go mm. with it i think with with the way she approaches subject matter um because she doesn't hold back there's a lot of sexual there's a lot of drugs there's a lot that sort of thing going on isn't there um yeah i found a quote by crumb on her and he said the life that mary fleener's comics reflect is really frightening to me uh, if this is the future of our planet, oh man, how depressing! But everything fucking depressed him. Do you know what I mean? Every year, it's depressing. Yeah, I saw that. That's on the. Uh, there's a book called The Life of the Party that she did. Yes. Yeah. And it's a collection of all the old bio stuff out of Slotburger. <laughs> uh, and and on the back, that's one of the the quotes from oh, Crumb. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. So he's written that as a favour. It sounds like, like it, doesn't it? Recommendation. Yeah, it does sound like it, doesn't it? And in the same way as Crumb, it's there's um there's an exaggerated everydayness to it, isn't it? There's you know Mary's clearly too cool for school for me, you know. She's 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 that I mean she she describes her artistic life as being a number of in a number of areas and one is one is cartooning and another one is music. So she plays in numerous bands. So she's yeah. She's experiencing the highs and the lows of the world, you know, the the, the, you know the drugs and the sex and the you know the high mm-hmm. high energy and high emotions i think and 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 that's what's represented a lot of the time in Slutburger, isn't it yeah yeah there's there's quite a few good stories about playing in clubs and meeting new band members and they're and they're crazy and, and the audience is throwing bottles at them while they're trying to play tunes and that was quite good all that yeah it really was yeah and um she's not she there's a lot of um I'm going to call it lysergic acid-inspired sequences in this as well. I'm looking at I'm looking at Slutburger now, and there's hot jungle loins, and I liked it, where a, oh, yeah. a lady sort of climbs aboard a penis, which is about mm-hmm. eight feet long, yeah, and stuff like that. And you're like, just and there's yeah, a, a, a pickle. She's just staring at a lady's downstairs, and a pickle appears out of it, wearing a cowboy hat and carrying a guitar, and. Uh, <laughs> We describe this thing and people think we're nuts, but it actually looks it looks incredibly beautiful. You know, it is, it is so incredibly well done. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. The style is great. Yeah, really, the is style funny, yeah. is uh, it's unique to her. I yeah. think. I think maybe how she is similar but different to Crumb is the fact that she is unrepentant about her sort of slightly hedonistic lifestyle. Well, where Crumb used to describe it as well, but he always seemed to be sort of racked with guilt over it a bit for me. You know, it was the sort of sleazier side of it. And uh, Mary's much freer with life, I think. 
Yeah, and a bit, yeah. and a bit cooler, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Crum was never cool, was he? No, not at all. I mean, even when he was cool, he wasn't cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what other sort of books were you reading of hers, man? What other thing have you, other things have you enjoyed? Well, that's been the the main one. That there's five issues of Slutburger yeah. that came out over a few years there, and then there was the one from Zongo Comics. <laughs> from uh, it's just called Fleener. Yes, there was about three issues of that, I think, weren't there? Yeah, yeah I've only got two of them. Right. So I'm always on the lookout for number three. Ah, right. I don't have any of those ones actually. That's one I have, I've missed actually. And you, the thing they're is, they're very like, different. Are they right? Okay. What sort of thing do they describe? They're more. Um, fantastical kind of stories uh let's see that they're all kind of 12 panels a page pretty same format every page mostly and silent comics they're all silent and it's all it's all characters like um you know bits of fruit that are walking around talking and (laughs) uh uh what else we've got fish this one actually this one here was the story's called the land of the Kukamonga, featuring the magic wishing fish. <laughs> so that's how that starts. Yeah. That kind of lets you know the, the kind of world we're in here. And there's a pig running around whistling to <laughs> itself. Uh, and so this, and then we're on an island, and there's uh, there's natives on the island. And then there's the surfing as well, which was in some of the slot burger stories. There was the yeah. surfing lifestyle. Eh? Yeah, I've got uh, Twisted Sister comics issue number one, which is an anthology. She sh- she shares with four uh, three other artists, and the first one is called Boogie Boogie Chillin', and that one's about the surf world. That one's about sitting watching for a wave coming, and you know, yeah, that's a great okay. story. See, and that's um that's in sort of magazine format. That's A4, and it looks it looks absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I think that must be in Life of the Party because yeah, oh, Boogie right. Chillin', there it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. So, so this life of the party is not just slot burger stuff. It's also it's collected it's also that, that as well, one. is it? Oh, that yeah, that's a good book to get a hold of. That life of the party. Yeah, I've ordered it actually, but it hasn't arrived Excellent. yet. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, so, uh, kitchen. I mean, she jumped about between companies, didn't she? Between publishers. So, so we saw Kitchen Sink put out Twisted Twisted Sister comics. Um, there's um also a series of stuff she did in newspapers. She did like a newspaper strip for a while in the Coast News, the local California paper, which I think I sent you some of the, I think I sent you a link to it, didn't I? Did you get a chance to look yeah. at those? I did look at them. And when I, when I, when I looked at them, uh, I remembered, I think she used to put them online every day as well. Yeah. Okay. On her social media. So yeah, I used to see them coming up every day when she did them. Okay. And they're, yeah. they're slightly toned down compared to what she um, what she did in some of her other stuff, like Slutburger, but it's um, it's quite socially conscious, isn't it? There's um, there's a there's a, a small P for politics in what she does. I think sometimes. Yeah, uh, I think that a lot of that was reflecting on on the times as she was doing them. Yeah. Day by day. Yeah, I think you're right, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what else did you read by her? Anything else you wanted to talk about? Um. Uh, well, I think that's really about it. That, that uh, all that I ever got, as you say, there's not a lot of material like Peter Bag. Um, I don't know why that is. Maybe because she's doing painting and all that as well. And yeah, um, so I don't know. There's not as much work by her as I would like. There's not, is there? Yeah, is um, 
what what do you think she's trying to say through her work? Do you do you ever get a message from what she's doing, or is it is it too laid back for that possibly? I think it's that thing of that I always think of when there was a program on about the goons <laughs> about twenty years ago, and they said to Spike, "What were you trying to say with all of that?" Yeah, and he went and he said, "Me." He was trying to say me. So I think that's what a lot of people are trying to say, me. Yeah. I think that's what I'm trying to say. What, from a non-selfish point of view, you mean? Just, um, you're just expressing yourself. Okay. You're, you're, you're just saying me. You're just looking at the world. This is what everything looks like to me. This is what I think about this. Um, I think I liked Spike's explanation He's one word explanation because it just circumvented all the uh, academic wanky bullshit talk. <laughs> yeah. And he went, me. And I thought, well, he's Spike Mulligan. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he know? knows what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like he's sitting writing uh, essays, thesis and PhDs and studying it endlessly. He made this stuff. Yeah. So if you ask him what it is, he says, me. Okay, that'll do. That's good enough for me. Yeah, it's interesting. I was... She, I saw her give a talk, and in it she was talking about the first time she, she, or why she used to draw stuff. And she was talking about, I'm guessing it was the last years at high school and the first years at college, or whatever it was going to be. And she said, I used to sit in the in the grounds and I used to draw stuff, and I used to draw stuff for people, and um, they used to give me a bit of a bit of weed for drawing it. Right. You know, give me a joint, and I used to draw something for them, and I'd smoke smoke the joint, and oh, they were they were such lovely times, weren't they, compared to now? Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. That's more of a that's more of a I'm providing a service in order to get yeah compensation yeah rather than yeah. being a pure me thing. So maybe me isn't what she's trying to say. Maybe she's trying to say, "Give me money for a weed." Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that's what it's all about. <laughs> there'll there'll be an element of, the, there'll be an element of, of both. Eh? Yeah. She, um, um, a couple of other things I thought we might talk about. She says that um, doing autobiographical comics is like black magic. You have to conjure up feelings you had long before. Um, what do you think about oh. that? I mean, and you, there are elements of autobiographical comics in what you do, Dave, as well, isn't it? Yeah. Have, yeah. Do you ever? I mean, That's things, interesting. Do you ever think you're giving a bit of yourself up somehow to a? I always think that all yeah. the time. Uh, I think even as podcasters, every time. You do a podcast, you sit and say something that's coming right out of your mind and it's been recorded and given out to the world for their, you know, passing amusement. Yeah. And that's your a bit of your personality gone now, being taken by anybody that's listening. And I think you have to do that in order to make it interesting. Yeah. Uh, possibly interesting. Otherwise, you're just sitting going, yeah, one in 1933 this, yeah. two, in 1940 that, you know, some idiot that read a Wikipedia or something, you know. Yeah. I mean, these are the kind of podcasts that you listen to them once and go, yeah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't go back. You, you need to, you need a bit of personality. You need somebody's actual original thoughts. There needs to be a little bit, and by extension comics, there needs to be a little bit of us in what we create. Otherwise, it's soulless, maybe, do you think? Yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah, I think you're right, man. And I think we do, we do give of, you know, I'm not a religious man, but we do give a little bit of our soul, don't we? A little bit of our soul yes. bleeds away. 
when we create yes. something we can you know it comes back but without that you just get these by rote comics about batman fights the joker again and like, let's face it nobody's interested are they they may pretend to be but well i'm yeah. not <laughs> yeah but a lot of people seem to be yeah that three jokers thing was uh popular wasn't it yeah pretty awful wasn't it yeah I, I never looked at it, but three jokers. I, I had a bunch of covers that all looked like somebody had liked the Brian Bolland killing joke cover. Yes. So they went, oh, I'll do, I'll do that yeah. a few times. Yeah, with a, a nice. digital effects over the top of it, ruining it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think you do need to give something away. Yeah. And she says something good, else good interesting question. in relation to what you're saying there, Dave, as well. She says, sometimes I'm embarrassed and sometimes I'm not. Um, yeah. And she does put herself in embarrassing situations, or by extension, her characters. You know, there's a lot of sex, there's a lot of mistakes made, and there's a lot of anger. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. I've never done a full autobio comic. I've got to be honest with you. I've done. There's an element of me in everyone I write, I suppose. You know, Atomic Hercules and Tony Osmond, believe it or not. You know, there's a yep. little bit of me in there. But what about you? Do yep. you have you? Would you do a straightforward Dave Robertson's Day in Dundee kind of comic? Would that be something you'd do? I've I've, I feel like I've done it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like there's elements of that. Some of my comics are like, um, I mean, literally me sitting going, what I think about things over yeah. my life or whatever. So you're giving up your, what, what your feelings about things and thoughts, you know. Um. So that's one thing, and then. The other thing about a straightforward auto bio, uh, I, I feel like I've done that in the, like, in in the nineties or whatever. I might have, like yeah. that comic I did, but a dream that was a collection of nineties stuff. Yeah, there was a there was comics in there that was, literally about me playing with. I'll okay, I'll do a comic because one day, uh, the washing machine was 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 going. You know, you know, yeah. washing machines yeah. used to kind of take off like airplanes didn't they you yeah know, used to and and it, and it knocked the pan of oil off the uh off the the cooker <laughs> on its own accord and it went all over the floor i remember mopping that up thinking you know this is just idiotic you know this is and then i thought later i'll do a comic of that you know so then it's up to the it's always up to the reader to decide whether uh, this is any good or not yeah the story lives um, in the reader, doesn't it? It doesn't live once you once it's left us. It's down to them totally, isn't it? You know. Do you know that's true? And it's also interesting that once you do a comic about something, the comic sort of becomes your memory of the event. You can't remember the event anymore, other than that comic. Well, I've <laughs> found that. Maybe that's because we're so we're so used to the sequential art page, you know, it's uh, some of our best memories are of watching defenders fight the Hulk or something, you know, so there's, there's, yeah. we, we live a little bit between the borders, don't we? You know, it's sort of, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, man. It really is. And uh, I like, I like the approach, the free approach, you know, sort of, there's a, a Zappa esque quality to what she's doing, mm. isn't there? There's, yeah. she's, she's free form and she doesn't care. And, you know, there's no, boring three or five act structure that she decides to take on board you know that this is this is coming from somewhere that's um and having met her she is the sort of person having read her comics i would want to meet you know i think she's yeah there's 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 um i hate to say hippie but there's that hippie side to it isn't there you know i think it's true you i, I do read her comics and and i feel like a liker you know yeah which is always is always a 
it's always a mistake. <laughs> yes, to it, yeah, they turn um, out to be bastards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that people will have you, seen her in. You, sorry, man. You know them. Sorry, say again. But you don't know them. Yeah, we don't, do we? Yeah. I'm saying you feel like you know them, but you you don't know them. You yeah. just know what they've given you. Yeah, that's um, that's a big problem, isn't it? That's uh, it happens to musicians and movie stars. We think we know them, don't we? We know. To be fair, who knows who? Who knows anyone? But yeah, there's there's got to be a truth, which there is, I think, mm-hmm. to a certain extent, through what she does. Um, the one place that people will have seen her, undoubtedly, who listen to this, is that she appears. Her art appears in Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics. So, in the section where he describes non-iconic abstraction uh, in the book, is her art. He uses a, a style similar to hers, or I think it might even be her art that he uses in that moment. Mm-hmm. So, she, her her work lives beyond that, and not, not probably not everyone perhaps remembers that, you know. Um, well, I certainly didn't remember it. Yeah, yeah. I've yet to check it. I've yet to pull mine off the shelf, but I was certainly reading about it yesterday. Um, yeah. Going back to what she thinks, what the the situation she puts in herself in, there's a couple of quotes. Um, she said, people fascinate and they appall me. And I think mm-hmm. that's uh, that's a great little quote. Um, people are fascinating, yeah. but yeah, mostly I find them appalling. Individuals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she does poke fun at herself. Attitude... Sorry, man, go on. I was going to say, her attitude to the situations she's in and the people is interesting. You want to know what she's going to be thinking and saying about everything that's going on. Yeah. I, th- I think I've, you, we've learned, or I've learned, to trust that she's going to be amusing and interesting about what's going on. I guess, in a way, she's got a little bit of that Buddy Bradley. She's slightly outside everything, commenting on it as it's happening yeah. while being involved in it as well. Yeah. And... um a bit like a good sort of jazz song or something. There's a bit of danger, isn't it? There's an energy to it. You don't really know where it's going a lot of the time, I think. Uh, I think yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. Especially those stories about uh, the fights in the bars. Yeah. Uh, even some of the guys that she's with, there's a wee bit that could turn violent. Yeah. There's all, there is a threat, you're right. I hadn't really thought of that. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's similar to the situations, like we talked about the Hernandez brothers, you know, when they're in a bar, you you don't quite know where it's going to go. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. And but that's I suppose that's real life, isn't it? And there's a yeah. lot of um, there's a lot of drugs and there's a lot of sex. I mean, the cover to Slutburger number five is um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's the typical cubism. It's probably meant to be her in the centre there, you know. And there's hands that are handing her guitars, joints, pills, mm-hmm. pornography, condoms. And yeah. uh, and she's sort of reaching out, and her face is split into six or seven images in order to reach out and grab them. And the, the one thing I do love about that is um, there's a little hand, and there's the where it says number five. There's a little hand holding the circle that number five is written in, which I think is a great oh, little yeah. touch. Yeah, yeah, very good. And on the back, I don't know if you've got this one. On the back, it seems to be like more like a painting that she's done on yeah. the back of that one, which I really is really nice. Nice colours, eh? Yeah, yeah. There's no black line. It's uh, kind yeah. Of- um, oh yes, I, I forgot to say she calls her autobiographical autobiographics with an X on the end, mm-hmm. which is oh, yeah. typically cool. Um, so those yeah. those that don't haven't seen her style, it does like we said before, it does walk a line. So it walks a line, walks a line. Things are happening, things mm-hmm. are happening. High emotion. Uh, you get this the, the the beginning of like a where someone's shaking their head, and if it was a cartoon, there'd be a sort of cubist effect, wouldn't there? Suddenly appearing in their face, and then it just boom, it just like explodes off the page, doesn't it? So it's almost like she's got 
it's probably not quite right to say, but she, to me it almost feels like she's got two styles going on. There's two things. She's slightly restrained, slightly restrained, and then there's that day of the week where she decides just to go nuts on the page. It's it's an interesting yeah. way of doing it. Um, the tequila page, I'd love to have that on a wall. I think that's just a... Uh, oh, which, which one was that's that? That's in number that... five, um, where she's five. in the bar, and... Um, it's uh, there's they're on the dance floor and someone says to somebody says tequila another man says tequila again and then they're just at the bottom of the page they're all shouting tequila and the top of the page like you described before is a a mixture of bodies and singing and trumpets and yeah Gr- glorious absolutely glorious ah yeah yeah actually uh, just as i'm looking through number five if you go to oh now the pages aren't numbered yeah but um, let's see, where's your tequila page? Ah, oh, there we go, tequila, right, so past that, let's see, are you, are you on that page now? I've got it, yeah. Yep. So if I go to the to the right now, uh, let's see, one, one, two, three, four, about five or six tons. Okay, yeah. You'll come up across Umgawa. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I wondered yeah. about this, yeah. Now that page is what the Fleener series is. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's full of that. It's all like that. <laughs> so it's, it's a bit so like... So that gives you an idea how different it is. Yeah, I see what you mean now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um the, the, the One side of the page looks a bit like something that, you, that would fit in a book like Fun Home or something like that, but the left-hand mm. side of the page looks like an Amojo. Was it way down deep in the middle of the jungle? You know, that, uh, that advert about the jungle and they're sort of... I don't know what they are. Almost triangle people chasing pigs yeah. <laughs> and then eating them. Yeah. So that was in this story. She's working on that comic. Right. So that's why they're looking at Ah, I get you. In, in this comic. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, she, she knows how to use a shape, doesn't she? She does make use of shapes a lot. Um, yeah. And that pig is just funny. <laughs> yeah. Every Every face it does is funny. <laughs> you know, it's kind of bemused. It's getting hurt. It's it's smiling, and it's always amusing to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's great. And it I, looks, I like that. I'm guessing it's all done traditionally. That's I'm guessing she does it all on paper. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean this, yeah, this was like the night late eighties, early nineties, wasn't it? Yeah. She was working on all this. Yeah. I like that one. I lost weight. One page, and it's the story of all the crazy stuff she had to do to lose weight. And then the next page, it's but I gained it all back, and it goes through all that. <laughs> and then, and in both parts of the story, all her friends are like, you know, oh, you know, well done, you lost it, and they're all like, bitch, you know. Yeah. And then, and then on the next one, they're like, oh yeah, you look great, bigger, you know. And then they're like, fie, you know. So our friends are never uh, <laughs> with her really. That second page, but I gained it all back. You can see why she was yeah. much in demand to do. Um, like gig posters and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure she's done a lot of album covers and things. Yeah. Yeah. She's an interesting, she, um, she's, I've, I've just presumed that, you know, I have this, um, self created image of Mary Fleena working amongst, you know, guitars and keyboards and, you know, um, cannabis plants. And, you know, she's got this lifestyle, you know, there's always something playing in the background, but she actually says she, she can't listen to anything when she's working. She says she just needs pure quiet, which I found interesting. Mm-hmm sort yeah. of channel it i'm the same you, i can't you, i can't have anything on when i'm working i don't know about you i can't have anything on when i'm writing right 
of I'm of I'm putting together what's happening in a story and what people are saying and things. No. Also, I can't be listening to anything really if I'm uh, laying out okay. where everything is, where, where I'm deciding where people are standing and what's in the picture and things. Yeah. But then once all that, anything where I'm having to decide where, I guess it's deciding where, what, who, you know, what they're saying. Once I'm into drawing, purely drawing, either penciling or inking, I'm okay for. Okay, yeah, that's on. interesting. Uh, yeah. So it's almost when you need to work Floyd. it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, a couple of other books I thought we might mention is um, Road Strips, which is one of the few things that's available on Comixology. Oh. And it's a collection of stories. And there's a lot of people in this, but she'd, um, I think they do like a different state each or something like that. And um, obviously being a California girl, she does California. And it's, it's a coloured strip, which is... Um, you don't see much from her. The interior is generally a black and white from what I've seen. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's all black and white, what I've seen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Road strips, okay. Yeah, that's worth looking at. Um, well, a book, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Women's Comics, which is, there's a collection of something called Women's, WI, oh, yeah. Women's Comics, mm -hmm. and that's uh, that's available. You can actually buy that. I think it's on sale on um, Amazon at the moment, which is pretty good. Um, and the other one which I read yesterday, which was one that I saw her signing at um, uh, Huntington Beach when I was there, and it turned out it was, um, I thought, oh, this is just an all-ages book. She's, you know, she, God bless her, she's making a few quid, you know, by j jumping into the sort of children's book market, and it's called Billy the Bee. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah, that looks really good, and um, I, was, I was wanting to get that, actually. But then I think when I looked into it, it wasn't available to buy from anywhere in Britain yet. So oh, it okay. To get it sent over, but then it was going to be an absolute fortune. Yeah, that's and the life kinda, we lead now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and um, and it's a kids' book, isn't it? It's it's an unadulterated kids' book. It is. It is a kids' book. Um, but it looks it looks great though. Yeah, it's got a wrap. I I I read it on Comicsology yesterday, and right. I. I I kind of think it was uh, almost at points. I thought this isn't a kids' book, is it? Aha! Uh -huh. But yeah, okay. I think it is. It's um, an education in nature, in the, almost like the brutality of nature. And it's um, right. you know, it's beautiful, but but rough, and and there's alien and human factors that affect it. And and I think I get the sense that she has an interest in um, ecology and um, the environment and stuff like that. And it. It's about an oversized bee who goes decides to be is told to be a ranger bee, meets a hyena, meets a snake, meets two turtles, and then everything is ruined by you know human interference in the environment. And um, there's a sort of earthquake at the end of it. But it's yeah, like you say, it's hers, and it does occasionally jump into that um, jump into that cubism thing. You know, there's it's not overplayed, but you get moments of um, extreme where she just pushes it a little bit further than i quite expected to see in a kid's book but it never goes to the point of like the tequila page or anything like that that we just looked at but yeah it's interesting it's um it's not it's not a long read it's a kid's book so it's a quick read but uh it's fun it's all right i think yeah yeah, yeah i think i'd like to get that i'm gonna i'm gonna reconcentrate on getting that yeah yeah have a look yeah um so some devil's advocate questions for you david let's see, let's see what you think about this um I heard, 
I was, I was sat throughout the weekend. I'd bump into her all the time, and I was sat at a table chatting to someone to my left, and, and she was on the other side of the table chatting to someone else. And she was, I heard her say that she was worried about some of her stories getting republished because of the overt sexuality in them, um, and specifically the age of some of the people involved. Um, and I wondered whether you thought what people would think about her now. So if if Mary burst onto the scene now in the indie comic scene. What would people make of it? Is it is it too extreme or is it too dated? What do you think? Um, well, the scene is so different now, isn't it? Yeah. If you think of a lot of of uh, new comics creators now, there's a lot more. This is autobio in the way I think of it, in a way which probably is dated now. Yeah. So what well, you mean where it's interesting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting to me. Uh, they're 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 out partying, you know, getting to know, socialising, and yeah. drugs, uh, navigating through these kind of things. I think now you're much more. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking of of Mary Fleener and Mike Crum, you know, Joe Mart. Yeah. Well, these are the kind of people I grew up on thinking that's autobio. Yeah. A lot now, a lot now is, for instance, graphic medicine. Uh, yeah. So you've got people that have got illnesses um, and how they're coping with that day to day. So that's kind of a that's a story that would be a book. Yeah. Uh, or, or um, issues. Yeah, issues. Say social issues. Okay. M- maybe maybe people have putting up with a lot of racism and things or or uh talking about their experiences coming out maybe yeah. but doing yeah, it exactly. yeah 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 i was going to say coming to terms with their sexuality that kind of thing yeah uh, um so i think that is more in vogue i think you need a stronger kind of you can put a pin on it what is this book about it's about this okay it's about somebody's yeah, experience yeah. with this or that and then you can sell it to bookshops or, or whoever the guardian and say this book is an important book about this problem through this person's personal take on it whereas you know that's more appealing than this book is about somebody fucking all the time yeah yeah i think i think you're totally right man and having re- i mean there's a there's a great book came out last year called um the t- i think it's the time i realized i was gay or something like that and that was an autobiographical yeah. book and yes it was um right to do it and it was interesting and i certainly learned a lot but for me and for the autobiographical comics that you and i have both been brought up on and talked about on this show like um like bob fingerman we had yesterday and and minimum wage um Mm -hmm. i think it's not raw enough for me i don't think there's enough i don't want to say sleaze but i don't want to say danger either but somewhere between the two honesty brutal honesty i suppose is you know, really putting yourself out there, which is done in maybe a different maybe way. Maybe making yourself look bad. Yeah, that, that's a good point, actually. Is that what you're thinking, yeah, maybe? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I'm talking in generalities here. I haven't read every one of the new comics that are coming out. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I'm just talking general trends. Yeah. Yeah, um, do you think, um, the, the next question is, do you think then the sexuality... Or the no, not the sexuality. The sexual content would be frowned upon in this. I mean, being a person who has written comics that have sexual content in, and and often not to the 
um, volume that are in Mary's comics, I've I've felt a little bit of a flashback from people who, you know, sort of turn their nose up about it without reading it, you know. Mm. And I th- I think she yeah, does. Yeah, I put mean, it I guess it's possible. I guess yeah. it's possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think we need her. I think this is the sort of thing to me that we need. Oh yeah, I mean, it's actually kind of belittling to her work if you just look at it and think, oh, it's just a lot of sex and drugs. I mean, we've read it. We know that's not all there is to it. Yeah. There's a there's a personality, there's a way of looking at the world. Yeah. No, I agree. And there's humour. Yeah. And of course there's a lot of drug use in it as well, which um yeah. times and society's view and lens on drugs changes, you know, it changes every few years, doesn't it? And what mm-hmm. was seen perhaps back then to be free spirits and experimentation and stuff like that these days would be seen as addiction and get them down the rehab and what are the government doing about it? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, who knows? There's there's odd things happening all the time, and I often just think, I don't know what's going on here, so I'll just observe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there was something online about books should maybe warn you if they're yeah. too upsetting or something like that, wasn't it? I don't know if you saw that I did. recently. Yeah, I did. Dan pointed me towards it, actually. Yeah. yeah, and I thought, well, that's interesting, you know, I suppose. But how yeah, far do you know. go with that, man? You know. Well, I don't know. That's that's what I thought. Oh, I mean, someone gets hit by a car in this one. You know, well, you just ruined the story for me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's part of this trend of sensibilities changing somehow. And again, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to turn around and say, no, don't do that. That's wrong. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I've got my old point of view. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, it's akin to um, I saw Jason Wilson post yesterday that he was watching a film and it flashed up saying, "Be aware that you know there's smoking in this movie." And you're thinking, "There bloody better be." It was filmed in the seventies. Everyone smoked then. Yeah. Yeah. Batman was smoking. I remember that (laughs) in the old comics. In fact, it came up today because somebody, I think it was Cliff, uh, your your partner in crime. Ah, yeah, about uh, the mask. Yeah. Yeah, he says, what way would Batman wear his mask? And I, I just said, well, you know, if he, if he wore it this way, it'd be harder to have a sneaky cigarette. Yeah. Nick Fury, Nick Fury always Batman had a cigar did. on the go, didn't he? Yeah. Until the 80s right. and 90s, yeah. The thing. Yeah, Vendram, that's true. Yeah. He was always chewing on cigars. Yeah. And I I kind of like the DIY, the, you know, like I say, the rawness, the energy, the, the scene. The, the free spiritness of Mary's work and that's you know that's what really draws me to her um it's it's almost like um I've because I've I've looked into her since we talked about it and I did a little bit of research I almost warmed warmed to her lifestyle I've warmed to her comics more so because I've kind of seen her interviewed and watched her play play in bands and oh yeah, okay and this sort of thing. yeah I think I sent you a did I send you a video of one of the songs she did yeah uh, yeah a video of her playing yeah in the, she's okay. in a band called the Wigbillies um mm-hmm. you can find it it's um make way for the handicapped which is a cover but it'll really get your feet stomping that one it's a great song yeah and she's great in it we need more she's great man. yeah she is great oh yeah good oh so if you had to choose one book to um to, to send people to what would it be for her well, I guess it would be Life of the Party. Yeah, yeah. Because it's actually book-shaped. Yes. And it's got more pages than any of the rest of them. <laughs> and it's a collection of different stuff. Yeah, that's good. Now, um, there is a few things. So I think you might have to go to eBay to find that one. I think there is a book that's called Life of the Party, 
and it's a book that is her inter- her interviews with her and, uh, oh, really? and Rusty Warren, yeah, which um, Jeez, yeah, which, that's confusing, isn't it? I know because I bought this by accident. I, to be fair, it's one of those pleasant accidents where I bought it and I thought, oh, this isn't what I was expecting. Oh, but it's loads oh. of interviews, stuff I'll be able to take some. I've grabbed a couple of quotes out of it for this talk, um, and it, it's quite interesting. She's she's quite open about the stuff and talks a lot about the Twisty Sister years and Life of the Party and, and Slut Burger and all this sort of stuff, and that's very good. There's also one that I think is relevant to what we're talking about, and I think it's worth picking up, which is um, issue number 237 of the Comics Journal, which is, she was the guest editor in. Mm-hmm. And um, I think these days we're slightly cynical, aren't we, and we hear, oh, Neil Gaiman is the guest editor of the Comics Journal, and he, and he probably goes in the office and has a cup of coffee with someone and says, you know, what he'd like it to be about, and then he sort of wanders off again. But this one, you can tell she does it, she puts her work in because she does a lot of the interviews, so yeah. um, she interviews people, uh, and they're all transcribed in here. And I love it. I know you're a fan of the Comics Journal, aren't you, as well, especially from yeah. this period. And um, there's some really good in-depth interviews, and there's a lot of stuff about female creators. So some of the people in it are Jennifer Daydream and, and Marie Severin's in it, Alison Betchell, um, Ellen Forney, Molly Kiley, Joyce Farmer, and Carol Lay. And there's um, there's some really really interesting stuff in it. And um, I mean, that's uh, I mean, Alison Bedshaw and Marie Severin. That's all you need, really, to to make you buy this. Oh. And um, yeah, it, it was only I think a fiver on eBay. I bought it, and it was it was good stuff. And she was very good in it. And I think she's friends with Gary Groth, isn't she? I think they they put a few books out together, and um, I think they get on well. Um, yeah, I've got a feeling she worked at Fantagraphics or something for a bit. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. I'm not sure where I'm getting that idea from. Maybe it was in the. You know that book, Comics as Art, We Told You So? Oh, yeah. The Fantagraphics book. It might have been in there. Yes, there's... um, Is that the one that's got all the different stories in it? No, that's a different one I'm thinking of, isn't it? It goes down the decades since... Yeah. It's the entire story of Fantagraphics. Oh, like the verbal history, isn't it? I need to get that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I really, really need to get that. That does yeah. look good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The um, she's in New Wave. That's the name of it. The anthology on Comicsology, which is... um got a couple of her stories in there that's um one of the sex ones which is very good <laughs> just uh just makes me laugh where the sex begins and it just becomes a cubist yeah. entanglement sort of thing yeah good stuff man i think i'm with you on that i think that's probably where i'd go with it as well from what i've read of it there's some free stuff like i say the newspaper strips um i'll put a link in the show notes actually for the newspaper strips but there are places you can go and find them um, and you can read her stuff for free, which is great. I think I don't think she's she seems to be the sort of person who wouldn't mind that actually. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good little subject, man. That was a good one. Nice, nice, quick, forty-seven minutes. There you go. Look at that. That's our <laughs> quickest one yet. <laughs> good. Yeah. Oh, she's not done the volume of work for us to yeah. go on for four hours as usual. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to pause for an advert, and then we're going to talk about what you got coming up, dude. Bear with me. During this time of lockdown and social distancing, do you feel like you you are missing out on telling people that you are super great and they are totally wrong about everything? Have you turned to social media to vent and attention seek? Maybe you've called someone a Nazi because they read a Dynamite comic, or that they are soldiers of the patriarchy because they like the Hulk more than the She-Hulk. So, don't waste this gold. Apply for your internet points card now. Being a smug, self-serving wanker can earn you imaginary points too. There you go, so apply for your uh, internet points card now. There you go, good stuff. So Dave, what's going on with you in your multifaceted um, podcasting, comic creating, anthology editing world at the moment? So 
we I, th I think you were telling me you're waiting for the that comic smell anthology book to come out to to finish at the printer is that right or has it been sent in that's or? right yeah yep that's all pretty much there um there's just uh one or two things to discuss i think with the cover okay uh and then that'll be it the it's um i've seen the cover and it's isn't it a homage there's a homage element to the cover is there it's a homage yes it was uh, it was it was Nando's idea okay. to do the cover as a, an homage to the Fantastic Four number one. Cool, nice one. So, it being an homage to the first issue, are we likely to see a second issue? Is that the plan? Is it going to be something that will roll on? You might do a yearly one, possibly, or? Well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm really not sure about that. Okay. I would never say never. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah. Well, I've been a bit big, haven't I? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, been a bit cagey. I'm worried that I've stepped yeah. on some toes here and something's happened. There's been a big fallout. No, I'm not nothing's happened. Okay, right, okay. Just, yeah, yeah. just uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Because <laughs> having spoke to you and <laughs> you and Sadaka and uh, and Tom, I know you've had a blast doing it. I just kind of presume yeah. that, you know. Yeah, I think, I think we will. Yeah. It, it might, it might be a bit different. There you go. I'll I'll just say that. Okay, I'll go for that. That's fine by me. It'll be a bit different. Yeah. I like that. Okay, good. Yeah. 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 It's a nice little It'll hint. Be different there. somehow. Yeah. And what else have you got? Because you you've probably I haven't spoke to you for about a month, so you've probably created about three comics since then of you, or what's going on with you? Well, I just had a um I did a comic called Journey into Space Interrupted, <laughs> and that was in the the Lakes Anthology. Right. Race into Space. Oh, of course so that, it was. That went up. Yeah, yeah, that went up a few weeks ago. Oh, nice. You can, and, you can go and look at that online. So that's for the Lakes Festival. That was a digital only one this year. That one. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so good. it was in that, and um, that was six pages, and it was uh, digital color. And that was good fun doing that. Cool. And, I like seeing uh, your working color, actually, man. You don't you don't color a lot of your stuff, do you? Um, do you know I've colored. Um, because of this year, I've had more time. Right. When um, I've got about maybe thirty pages done for a, a my next book, and most of them are in color. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw the Just Doctor Who thing. The time. You, you stuck a Doctor Who thing up today, didn't you? That was in color. That's right. What, yeah. what was that about? That's going to be. That's one of my bits for that comic smell comic. Oh, okay. Right. That's in there. And that's called It's Doctor Time with with the PM. It's Doctor Time with the PM. So um, I just, well, I saw that it was Doctor Who Day. Yeah, that's right. And I thought, oh, yeah, I think last Doctor Who Day, I drew a picture of William Hartnell and oh, put good. that up. But today I thought, oh, I bet I didn't have a Doctor Who thing. And then I thought, wait a minute, what do you do? I've got a whole Doctor Time comic Did to stick up. Does it contain the classic Who's as opposed to the new Who's? Or it contains. Uh, well, okay. Do you want some behind the scenes yes, here? Yes, please. Yeah. Um, uh, when when I wrote this, uh, I was thinking of uh, Matt Smith. Okay. Yeah. Because in the story, well, uh, Doctor the Doctor met Churchill. Okay. Yeah, uh, Winston Churchill. So I thought, well, I want to do a story where the Doctor meets Winston Churchill, and then I thought, right, so it's Matt Smith, and then I sat down to draw it, and I thought, 
I don't want to bloody draw Matt Smith 25 times. (laughs) (laughs) So what I thought was, okay, I'll make this be a future doctor. So I just drew them. I just drew this other person. And then I I had fun designing them because I just gave them one thing from every previous person of Doctor Who. (laughs) So he stood there with a scarf on, sunglasses, uh, you know, a big, uh, a big, coat with loads of pockets and he's got his flute and he's got everything cool yeah um it's all it's all for all the doctor who nerds of of which i am one to quite an extent yeah i'm a i'm a classic who kind of guy yeah yeah i really am he's got a sylvester mccoy's umbrella as well and uh yeah i just threw everything in it was it's over the top it's ridiculous what's that classic sylvester mccoy episode was it was it where he just is it the ice planet thing and he throws himself off the side of a cliff and it's just they, they clearly didn't have a cliffhanger for that episode so he just sort of hung off by his umbrella over the side of a cliff yeah, yeah that's right yeah he actually i don't know what it said in the script but on the program he's walking along and he is on these ice cliffs yeah and then he just for no reason whatsoever decides to step over the barrier thing and hang <laughs> off on his umbrella and then go, oh, and then the episode ends, and you're like, what happened there? Why did he do <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. You know? It must, the script must have said something like, you know, he falls over and, or something. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, I'm not sure. There was a, there was That first season of his was a bit rough, wasn't it? I'll be honest with you. You know, the, the happiness patrol and all that sort of bollocks. But, uh, I, I actually yeah. think he was beginning to find his feet by the last one. Um, I, I must say, I, I took to him being the Doctor right away. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He actually got me back into watching it after quite a few years of not really being bothered, just watching it if I caught it. Yeah. Because once Tom Baker left, I was like. Yeah, I was a big Tom Baker boy. Yeah. He's not in any movie. So that annoyed me. Yeah. Yeah. But then when I saw Sylvester McCoy, I thought, no, he's just. Um, he was wacky enough. Yeah, he was. And yet you suspected that underneath it, he was really... Very powerful. And you get that later on, don't you, in like Battlefield and stuff like that. You you get a sense of that, don't you? He was a bit of... There was a Troughton element to him, wasn't there? Troughton was a fool, but also there was something strange going on with him, wasn't there? That's right, yeah. yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. So, where where can we find your work online, dude? You can find my work at fredegcomics.com. There you go. Good. Thank you, mate. That's a great one. You can find my work at... Uh, you can pre-order Atomic Hercules 3 at AtomicHercules.com after we got kicked off Kickstarter. So there you go. There's that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was wild, eh? Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Well, me, me neither. When I got a phone call from Adam at midnight going, you never guess what's happened. Yeah. Well, when you consider all the, you know, cocks in the eyeballs and everything in the previous ones, <laughs> and nobody said anything. No. All you got to do is doom scroll through, you know, Kickstarter and see all the exploitative nonsense that's going on mm. yeah definitely yeah. oh well we made the most of it we done alright of it mate yeah it's going alright it was good publicity like uh, the comic uh, they didn't want you to see kind of thing yeah well I was waiting for someone to say you did that on purpose that's not true so <laughs> but uh, no it's well, genuinely true but we did say we'd, we'd go with it you know we're gonna we're gonna use that as a little bit of a promotion because it is true but yeah yeah we, we get every day we get another email from someone saying can't fucking believe that mate you know it's like that it's mm-hmm. uh Good. So I'm sure you'll have a think, mate, and we'll do another one in a month or so. Um, I've got your buddy coming on for one in a couple of weeks as well. Tom, he's coming on for, for an interesting one, which um, I'll probably start reading cool. tomorrow, I think. Um, Good. But yeah, thanks, Dave.
Thank you.